Listener Production. G'day and welcome to episode 87 of the Howie Games, Elisa Healy Prelude, Impact of the Coronavirus. Thanks for lending the show your ears. You guys are the bomb. Obviously, the world is going through some pretty tough and strange times at the moment. I hope that you're all healthy, doing all you can to stay safe and staying in touch with loved ones. Normally, off the top of the show, it's a brief intro. We get to the guest, show gets rolling. However, I want to explain to you a few things we're doing differently in the show and hoping to do differently in these strange times. I don't have any pearls of wisdom for you except probably two things. One, after two days of homeschooling at my joint, I reckon every teacher deserves at least, at least a doubling in their pay packet and my wife's a far better teacher than I. Two, on a serious note, if you are a healthcare professional listening to this, thanks for everything you're doing for the community and for the situations you're putting yourselves in. You guys are all amazing. Those of you that follow the show closely would realise this set was actually due to drop next Thursday. I've been doing a little bit of thinking though, got a bit more spare time on my hands, the AFL season's called off, so no footy to call, etc. Life is a little bit more isolating than usual, so I thought maybe it would give the odd person a little bit of extra sunshine in their day if we could roll out episodes more frequently. So that's what I am trying to do over the next period with the help of the guru, Darcy Thompson, who is making podcasting possible from separate locations. That is me at home, the guest at their place. I don't know how we're going to go with this grand plan, but we will do our best to drop episodes more frequently. So from your point of view, please hit subscribe on your player. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. Hit subscribe. It means you will not miss an episode if it comes out on a day other than Thursday, which is what we're aiming to do. By the way, you guys can help because every athlete on the planet be fair to say, has got some spare time at the moment. So if you know a person, an athlete that you reckon would be good on the show, why don't you ask them to hit me up on MarkHoward03 on socials and we will get recording. If you've got Tiger Woods' number, David Beckham, that'd be handy. Seriously, though, you guys can help. So please, if you think of someone that would be good, hit them up and ask them to come on the show. Now, as we are recording remotely, the audio will sound a little bit differently, but we're doing all we can to make it sound schmicko. The other main change is the show is now divided into three parts. The first part, what you currently listen to, is episode 86, Elisa Healy, Prelude, The Impact of Corona. The preludes will be brief, but we will discuss with the guest because the turnaround is so tight, so the information is a lot more updated. We'll discuss with the guest how they're dealing with life in this corona-affected world and what it means to them. The next two parts, the usual part A and B, will be the athlete's story as per every usual episode. So here is five-time Cricket World Cup winner Elisa Healy talking about the impact the coronavirus has had on her world. We were going to do this in person. We are living in a very, very weird world. It's Monday at the moment on the 23rd of March. So things are changing really, really quickly. How are you feeling about current life at the moment? I don't need a political statement. I'm just in in Elisa Healy's life. How are you going? I'm lost. I actually don't know what to do with myself. I obviously originally thought, well, okay, that means more time for golf and more time to spend with the dogs and all the golf clubs are shutting as well. So I'm a lost little puppy dog. I don't quite know what I'm going to do with myself now that we're in almost lockdown. Um, Can't go down to the cafe and get a coffee. I think everyone's sort of doing what they can today. Today seems to be the last day of what's um, normal life. So it's it's a bizarre world we're in at the moment. And I think for the next, well, the foreseeable future, I don't know when I'm picking up a cricket bat again, which is um, quite bizarre in my life. Yeah, it's so strange. We'll get to the change of routine for you in a moment. But if you could just tell me, uh, Cricket New South Wales, Cricket Australia, what are the messages they're giving you at the moment, Elisa? Well, nothing overly dramatic. It's more, 
obviously cancel your travel plans. Um, you know, they're looking at playing overseas and looking at all the, the NOCs that all the players have signed to sort of decide whether it's it should happen or not. And obviously the, the English summer, a lot of us were going over to play the 100 and that's been sort of, well, the delayed the start of that season. So that's still up in the air as to whether that's going going ahead or not. So it's just a little bit of unknown at the moment. I think health-wise they're, they're fine with, you know, every, everything that we're doing. We're obviously quite young and fit. Um, they're not too concerned about the virus for us, but it's just being sensible for others in the community that might be more heavily affected by the virus and making sure we're doing the right things um, personally so that we're not affecting others. But, yeah, it's just a, a bizarre time at the moment and I guess the unknown of it all um, is sort of frustrating everyone a bit more. Yeah, it's so strange and I'm flat because we'd normally be in the same room, but you're in Sydney and I'm in Melbourne in this current world, so I don't get the delight of your pleasure one-on-one, but I can see you in the Skype world. I guess a lot of that's going on. I haven't done any of these interviews. Um, uh, Midge, can I call you Midge? Everyone calls you Midge. You can call me Midge, yeah. I'll call you Midge. Um, Who gave you the nickname Midge? My dad when I was a baby and uh, it's stuck in the sporting world simply because when I was playing under 10 soccer... There was so there was me, Elisa, and then there was an Alicia and Alex and someone oh. else with a starting <laughs> AL and the coach was pulling his hair out and said, Oh, is this something else I can call her? And Dad said Midge and stuck from there on in. No Just one pronounces my name right anyway, so Midge is fine. But it is Elisa, yeah. Elisa, yep. Elisa. But you do get a lot of Elisa, don't you? A lot of that, yep. Yeah. Well I'm gonna stick with Midge. Uh, so <laughs> as I said, I, I haven't asked these questions before, but are you what's your mental state? Are you um not phased, but doing what you're meant to do. Are you edgy? Are you nervous? Are you scared? Is it terrifying you? Like, where, where do you sit on the scale? Because I'm trying to figure out myself where I sit on that scale at the moment. Um, oh, look, I'm probably fairly nonchalant about the whole mm. the whole business. Um, I was sort of happy for the break and happy to um, just shut down for a couple of weeks. So it's been the massive sort of two and a half years for our playing group. So for me personally, it was a nice break, but I guess... The unknown of the of the I guess the short term ahead of us um, is probably a little bit nerve wracking, but at the same time, I'm sure it'll sort itself out if everyone just does the right thing and we'll we'll get back to normal life pretty shortly. Because you're meant to be in South Africa playing cricket at the moment, which like straight after the World Cup final, let's be frank, it's probably the last place you want to get on a plane and go and play more cricket, Midge. But now looking back, you'd probably be happy in respect to be there and playing some cricket. It would have been nice. We'd never toured there before either. So, um, well, our playing group hasn't. So it would have been nice to go there and experience that. But I can see Dane Van Niekerk and Marazan Cap posting pictures of them being on a beach somewhere. So I'm pretty sure they're happy that we're not playing. But yeah, um, yeah look, it, it would have been a, a tough ask for the group, especially coming down off the massive high that was the World Cup final. But look, the break's going to be really good for us. It's just more that now we've got sort of 10 to 12 weeks before we come back together and, you know, what sort of condition are we going to be in? Obviously, everyone's going to do the right thing to the best of their ability, but it does make, um, you know, being an elite athlete a little bit challenging. Can you bat anywhere? (laughs) Uh, We've got a driveway, we've got a front courtyard, (laughs) so I guess if it comes down to that, I can hit a a golf ball against the wall like like the great Don Bradman used to do, but... Um, oh, look, it doesn't bother me. They're not picking up a bat, I think, mm. that that won't sort of lose itself over that time. But it's more that for me, I'm so unmotivated when it comes to fitness. So for me, I'm worried about sitting on the couch drinking too many Coronas. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like you. From what I know of you, that sounds like you. What about the fact that your life as a professional athlete, Midge, is dictated by routine? 
and all of a sudden that routine is gone. I don't know you if you're a person that relishes routine or it doesn't. That's what a lot of us are facing at the moment. It's like, oh, wow, my normal routine's just gone up the spout. Yeah, well, I, I do need a little bit of structure in how I operate. Um, I've obviously, training's not the most enjoyable part of the game for me. I just love playing cricket. And for me, the best time is on tour because everything's laid out for you. You're structured when your training time is and you just go there, get it done, and then you got your off time and then you play play the games or you travel. So for me, that's the easiest part of my life. But now it's very unstructured and I can make the decision not to go to training or, or not to go for that run. And um, that makes it incredibly challenging, especially when you've got someone like Mitch at home who um, has a ridiculous metabolism and doesn't need to do as much as I do. Uh, it <laughs> makes it very challenging if um, I say I need to go for a run and he's like, why all the time? Or um, makes it makes it tricky, but oh, well, that's just what we've been dealt at the moment. And we just got to make uh, the most of it while we can. So how are you going to motivate yourself? <laughs> it's a great question. Yeah. Um, oh, look, uh, I've got some little things that I can do to keep motivating myself. I actually find that um, guilt makes me work harder than anything else. So if I tell myself I need to do it every day and if I don't do it, I finally get guilty enough that I have to go and do it. So I've, I'm at that stage at the moment. I've had two weeks of celebrating the World Cup and now I've guilted myself into making sure that I'm getting out there and being active and it obviously makes it incredibly difficult at the moment. Um, we're supposed to be inside and not doing a lot, but um, there's some little things that we can do, especially within the house that, um, you know, just to maintain being active. And we've got obviously got two puppy dogs that need a lot of walking and a lot of attention. So just getting them out and about makes us get out and about as well. What are the dogs' names? Uh, Misty and Millie, the two staffies, and um, they're pains in the bum, but uh, <laughs> we love them and <laughs> they're our fair children at the moment and um, very enjoyable. Fur children. Before we get to right to the start, a final question. So I'm at the footy yesterday, which is Sunday yesterday, calling the first round of the AFL. And at halftime, the boss of the AFL, Gil McLaughlin, says, right, the AFL's off. And uh, there's a million thoughts go through your head. Depending on what type of person you are, one of those thoughts is, right, I'm not getting paid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not getting paid to call the footy. And the country and the world is going through that at the moment without going into dollars and cents. What impact, if any impact, does this have on you at the moment from your understanding? I know things are changing really quickly. Uh, I think for us, we're really lucky being cricketers that there's nothing on at the minute. We're yeah. about to go into our leave period. So technically we're still getting paid every month, I think. Um, but yeah, it does concern me a little bit for the everyday person. We've obviously got one of our best mates who runs a little cricketing coaching business Um out in the inner west here and I was just messaging him this morning and he said, oh, I'm really interested to see how I'm going to be able to keep myself going. And I said, yeah, well, what happens? Like surely, you know, the government's going to have to give you some funding. And he said, yeah, they'll, they'll give us a little bit, but it's only going to cover rent. It doesn't cover, you know, anything else on top of that. So I'm concerned for the everyday person out there. I feel like we're in a really lucky and fortunate position where we are that, you know, we can still live quite comfortably, but, you know, we've got you know, brothers and sisters-in-law that aren't working mm. at the moment They've because the golf clubs have shut or their work have shut down and they've got to self-sustain themselves over the next potentially couple of months. So it's it's a scary time for, for those people and I guess for us in the position that we are, we can, we can try and help wherever we can and make sure that they can still live comfortably and, um, you know, especially just eating well and, um, you know, being healthy I think is the most important thing and, you know, buying fresh produce at the moment isn't exactly the, the cheapest thing going around. So for us, well, Mitch and myself, we can just make sure that we're helping out anyone who needs it. Yeah, that's a, a beautiful approach and I don't want to get too philosophical here with you, Mitch, <laughs> but it, I guess 
if the country takes that approach, then we're going to come out of the other side. But it's just so... Um, I didn't even really mean to talk about this with you, but it's just so forefront in your mind. It's just... If you look back two weeks to what's happened in two weeks to what's going to happen in the next two weeks, it's it's just like nothing any of us have ever experienced before. So there's just no answers, is there? There, there? There's not an answer to any question you have at the moment. No, not one bit. I suppose the most pleasing thing is that we actually went to Woolies yesterday once we heard that, mm. um, you know, Gladys Berejiklian was, was potentially going to put Sydney or New South Wales into lockdown and we ducked into Woolies to make sure we could get some stuff and that was the most calm that it's been. There was lots of produce available um, enough meat for people. There was some pasta available, which is unheard of, and everything was sort of there. And that was the most, um, I guess, calm it had been since we'd been previous, where there were people everywhere and people snatching things. And um, I guess the the communities are starting to deal with it, and have probably learned that you know if we all look out for one another, there's enough for everybody. And hopefully, everyone's getting that message. And if we just remain remain calm, remain sensible in what we're doing, then you know everyone will come out of this completely fine and we can move on. You've played in elite environments and you've been a leader of a of some elite sporting teams and you will have played under and worked with some absolute top shelf leaders. Leadership now, Midge, is <laughs> I guess the key to what we need. What do you reckon makes a good leader? And I don't mean steering the country out of this problem. I just mean in general there's an opportunity for people to lead. What from your experience makes a good leader? There's so many different qualities to, to good leadership. I think, you know, I think you can be a good leader if, in a cricketing sense, like tactically, or you can be a good leader, you know, emotionally. If, you, if you've got some emotional intelligence, then I feel like you can really connect with people. And I feel like that's what our country is screaming out for at the moment in that we just want someone who, who seems like they care, who seems like they're worried about, you know, the situations at hand as much as we are. And, and that seems to be why... Everyone seems to relate to Jacinda Arden across the ditch because she has that emotional intelligence and she she knows what people are going through. You know, she's saying the right things and and she's actually putting that into motion as well, which is um, you know quite quite a, a rare thing for a leader of a country. So it seems like in our country that our leaders are, are dictated by their parties and you know they're worried about the opposition and what they're doing. And I, I just hope they listen to the people. There's a lot of good things floating around the country at the moment coming from, you know, not just our generation but all of the generations that have lived in this country for a long period of time. So if they listen to the people, hopefully, they make the right decisions and make sure we're looking after people um, appropriately. Yeah, my word. All right, we're now a corona-free zone unless you <laughs> crack open a couple of cans that you talked about earlier on. Now we're going to talk about you. It's the best way to get... fight the virus I heard. I heard it was an antidote, so I'm trialling that. Okay, next up, the normal podcast on episode 87, part A, with Elisa Healy. Listener.